What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. One straight hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. Uh, we'll go till 8 o'clock tonight. Obviously, a lot to get into. Another bad loss last night against the Miami Heat. What's next? What happens if the Lakers lost to the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow? They got another tough game uh, coming up on Sunday against the Clippers. Um, just how bad is this supposed to get? I, I want to spend a little time on that. Uh, Darvin Ham, is his job really the the article that came out from the Athletic earlier today? Um, I, I'm I never really kind of have thought at all that there was a remote possibility that Darvin Ham his job was in jeopardy or something along those lines. But there there's some some chatter at least. It, it doesn't sound like all is well in Lakerland. What does that mean? How desperate is this Lakers team because of LeBron James and his age to make sure they're competing this year? What type of desperate measures would they take? So we'll spend a little time on that. Um, and then uh, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, is going to join us at 7.30, one of the best in the business in covering um, the Lakers. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get his thoughts on everything that's going on. Um, one thing as well, and I'll throw this out early in the show just so if you're out driving around or you're listening on the app, if you want to talk Lakers basketball tonight here, you can call in at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Um, let, let me get started. I, I kind of want to go to, for me at least, what has stood out the most of where the Lakers are sitting right now. They're 17 and 18 on the season. That's crazy. That's crazy to think that the Lakers, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, with those two guys available, Austin Reeves has been available. I know D'Angelo Russell just now is when he's dealing with an injury, but for the most part, it's been available. You, you got what I would say are your four best players, or at least that's what our thought was coming into the season, playing predominantly all of the games. Austin Reeves hasn't missed a game. Uh, LeBron's missed three, and Anthony Davis has missed two. That this team is 17-18 and 18 after getting to the Western Conference Finals, after bringing back a lot of the same players, I mean, I think we all look at this Lakers team and say, okay, oh, familiar faces, there's Fando, um, you know, certainly Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell. There's a lot of the, the same faces that were part of that. The key pieces that were there for that Western Conference Finals run, the only player, Dennis Schroeder, who I thought was a really nice contributor last year, obviously not a part of the team. Um, and, and now we're sitting here, and you're watching a team. It's one thing to lose games. But for me, the thing that I look at the most, and there's a quote I want to read from Anthony Davis yesterday that I just can't get out of my head. And this is, to me, what's most troubling with the Lakers situation. If they were 17-18 and 18 and LeBron James or Anthony Davis had missed some significant time, 10 games each, something like that, it's like, okay, well, it makes sense why they're 17-18. and 18. The Memphis Grizzlies, who the Lakers got tomorrow, they're 11-23. and 23. John Morant missed 25 games. There's a reason why they're 11 and 23. You have, there's, uh, it, it makes sense that they're in the position that they're in. Maybe the Phoenix Suns could be an example as well. Bradley Beal, uh, Kevin Durant, and, um, and Devin Booker, all three of those guys, you don't really know when these guys are coming in. It's been really tough for these guys to all be playing on a consistent basis, and, and we'll see what happens moving forward for them. But you can justify it. For the Lakers, I don't really have anything to justify it by. Now, you can say, look, they've missed a lot of role players. Okay. You're right on that. They have missed role players. There have been some players that um, Gabe Vincent, Jared Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish seems in and out of the lineup. Rui Hachimura has been dealing with issues all season long. But those are role players. 
those are guys that are supposed to just complement your stars. And if the Lakers have what we like to call an incredible amount of depth coming into the season, that's what Rob Palenka's vision was. That's what the front office's vision was. That's what Darvin Ham, everybody keeps harping on is we got depth. You could go 10, 11, 12 guys deep and you're going to have a team for the most part it's going to be incredibly successful because not only do you have two star players but you got guys that you can depend on at your number 3 there's going to be three four guys uh two to three guys maybe three to four guys a night that are contributing and you're just not sure which ones are going to do it, but you know that you got help. One night it might be Torian Prince. Another night it might be Cam. Another night it might be Torian and Cam and Vando. And that has not been the case so far for the Lakers. Here's a quote from Anthony Davis last night, and this is the piece to me that's the most frustrating and the most concerning. It's what he said about the Miami Heat. He said, that team played harder than us tonight, executed better than us tonight, more physical than us tonight. We got outworked tonight. I think anytime you got a player, which I appreciate his honesty, anytime you got a player that's admitting, it's not the first time this has happened in the season, by the way. Early on in the year, Lakers might have been five, six games in, and Darvin Ham was questioning the Lakers' effort. It was early. It's five, six games in. You're saying to yourself, all right, guys, come on. Let's go. Uh, I know it's an 82-game grind, but you know you don't want to dig yourself a hole in the fu- in the uh, NBA standings, and then you find yourself um, in the middle of February or March where you're fighting just to be in a plane. To be- no, nobody wants to be in that situation, and we've seen that way too often for the Lakers. They're going to make the same mistake that they've made in years past. AD's quote to me, I'm going to read it again. That team played harder than us tonight. I'm going to stop right there. Whose fault is that? How is another squad coming in? And first off, they don't have Jimmy Butler, so they clearly have less talent than you do. How is a team coming in and just from an effort perspective, they're beating you? He said executing better than us tonight. Okay, you know what? That happens sometimes. Maybe it's a little bit more crisp on one side of the ball versus the other. But this wasn't this wasn't a... You know what? Miami was just a little bit better than the Lakers. Miami was running circles around the Lakers. Eric Spolstra was running circles around Darvin Ham. I mean, the Lakers looked like, uh, they looked like the team that was 10 or 12 or 15 games below 500. I know that's not what Miami is, but that's what the Lakers looked like last night. And they also looked like they were missing a star or two. Miami Everything was so fluid and connected, and the Lakers on their side looked absolutely lost. You heard every broadcaster say, talking about it too. Uh, Stu Lance, Robert Ory, um, uh, you know, uh, just kind of go Billy Mack, uh, James Worthy. I, I, I just heard a lot of people today. Everybody's been voicing their opinion about the frustration with the Lakers. I'm okay with the Lakers losing games. It happens, but. When another team just plays harder than you, that's a tough one to swallow. That now I'm asking the question of does Darvin Ham not have the does he not have the ears of these players because other teams are coming out and outworking the Lakers? How can you get outworked? How can another team play harder than you? If you tell me another team just hit more shots than you, they just you know, they hit threes, you didn't hit your threes. 
Uh, you got the looks that you were going to get. One guy just went off. He doesn't typically go off. That happens in an 82-game grind. But that's the thing that, that bothered me the most about last night's game and watching Lakers basketball so far this year. Why do they get outworked to start out these games? How come they're always digging themselves a 10, a 12, a 14-point deficit? We're 12 minutes into the game. People are just grabbing their first beer. They're sitting down at crypto. They look up at the scoreboard, and they're down eight. How does that happen every single night? And that, to me, is on your head coach. That is on Darvin Ham. I've said this in the past, and I'm, I don't think there's – I don't mind reiterating it. I'm a fan of Darvin Ham. I am. I like his mentality. I like his story. I like how he's grinded his way into the league. I like that he how he came into the league, how he found a, a way to be – um, a, a factor and a player in the NBA. I like how he served his time, did it the right way, was with the right teams, um, what was an assistant coach for a number of years, and then he gets a job to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. He has a grit and a grind to him. But to me, when you, when you watch Lakers basketball, when you watch any team that you're interested in or that you're a fan of, the last thing you want to hear is, Hey, that team's outworking us. Hey, that team is trying harder than us. It's a bad look. And I do think that's reflective on some type of message not getting to the players, and that does start with your head coach. Now, listen, can I also sit here and say, LeBron, get these freaking guys going. Anthony Davis, get these guys going. You two are the leaders of the pack. That The, the saying is, follow the leader. Usually, if you are a leader, people are going to follow you. They're not following LeBron. They're not following Anthony Davis. And and certainly up to this point, when I see a quote like that from Anthony Davis, that concerns me. That from a a, a, just a a basketball perspective, um, a, a fan base that's very prideful of their team, a fan base that is beyond unrealistic, when it comes to expectations, they think they're supposed to win every single year. But that's what Lakers basketball is. You cannot have games like you had yesterday against the Miami Heat and think it's all good and then have quotes from Anthony Davis following the game like that. And then have LeBron James decide, you know what, I'm not going to talk to the media. Pretty loud message by not talking to the media. You don't have to say anything. You said enough by not talking to the media. Um, I don't want to, you know, overreact here because this is just sports and there's a lot more important things in life than just sports. But I'm going to keep it just from a sports perspective. Tomorrow night is a very interesting game against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's a very, very interesting game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't pay attention to their record, the 11 and 23. And, and, uh, they went through a streak. Jock came back. They won, I want to say, four in a row. And now they've lost four of five. Their last loss was against the Toronto Raptors at home. So it's not like they're playing perfect basketball. But you go look at Memphis's lineup. Let me just remind everybody who's on the other side. And if you got a team that is... Uh, showing a sign of weakness. Of course, in the NBA, every team's going to try to take advantage of that. This is who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. It is Jaron Jackson Jr. It is John Morant. It is Marcus Smart. It is Desmond Bain. 
It is Luke Kennard. They got some guys. And it is not, uh, it's not out of the ordinary at all. Zaire Williams is a nice player. It's not out of the ordinary at all if Memphis comes to LA tomorrow and beats the Lakers. I don't know what happens if the Lakers lose again tomorrow. And it's kind of the, the same story and it's the same script and it's the same structure and we're having quotes again after the game where it's like, yeah, they out hustled us. Or by the end of the first quarter, Lakers are again down 12 or 10 or 6 or 8 or whatever the case is. The only scenario tomorrow to just quiet some of the noise, you come out tomorrow pissed off upset, chip on your shoulder, whatever you want to say, something to prove. You go up in the first quarter by 8 or 10 points. You sustain that lead. And by the time Friday night is done at Crypto.com Arena, the microphones that go right back in front of Darvin Ham, they go right back in front of Anthony Davis, they go right back in front of LeBron James, Austin Reeves go down the list, everybody's saying, okay, yeah, we got one. We did what we were supposed to do. Now we got to get ready for the Clippers game coming up on Sunday. If that's not the scenario tomorrow, um, this is an interesting, uh, interesting moment in the season for the Los Angeles Lakers. They're three and nine since the in-season tournament. I won't give uh, too harsh of an opinion because I've been doing that all day, anyways, on the in-season tournament. How it's actually upsetting me even more now. The fact that the Lakers are three and nine since then. But it's a weird position for the Lakers to be in. I don't think anybody was expecting it. When we come back, I want to spend a little time talking about a couple things. The Darvin Ham story that came out today. Um, I thought January was supposed to be the month where the Lakers make up some ground. I want to spend a little time on that. And what should the starting lineup be? I think we keep, you know, obviously changing that starting lineup. Sounds like there's a little panic from the Lakers as well, trying to figure things out. Of course, a lot of that also has to do with the players that have been in and out of the lineup. We'll take some of your phone calls. If you want to talk Lakers basketball, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers got another game coming up tomorrow against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant in town. Obviously, Lakers uh, beat Memphis last year in the playoffs in six games. John Morant was suspended for the first 25 games. Uh, see what happens tomorrow. Uh, I got no prediction here. I, I'm definitely, I mean, I, I would expect the Lakers to beat Memphis, but I expected the Lakers to beat Miami yesterday. So 
The hell do I know? Um, coming up at uh, 7.30, uh, Trevor Lane is going to join the show. Want to take a couple calls here. Uh, let's go to Ken in Newport Beach. Ken, appreciate you calling in. What's going on? Hey, long time, Alan. Yes, sir. A couple things that really bothered me about last night's game. You know, I've been a Laker fan for a long time. Watching Pat Riley when he was coaching, obviously watching – Phil, when he was coaching, I don't remember them after games blaming it on injuries. They dealt with it in a different way. But every single time we lose, I'm hearing the same thing from Darvin Ham. Injuries, injuries, injuries. That's part of base basketball. There are injuries, and you've got to figure out a way to adjust. I mean, talking about adjustment, obviously Miami's a very well-coached team with a good front office. They knew that two of the Lakers' best outside shooters were injured. So what did they do? They spent 70% of their defense going zone on a zone. Mm-hmm. And not once did Darvin, with his hands in his pockets, make any adjustments. He could have made them at the halftime, could have made them after the first quarter. Nothing. And it just continued that way. That's the things that bother me, the lack of adjustments and the complaining about injuries, which is part of the game. Ken, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, thank you, as always, for doing that. So let, let me – I'll hit on that one. Um, let, let me go on the excuses here real quick, the excuses about the injuries. So I'm going to play it two ways here because I, I don't I don't think Darvin Ham is wrong when he says, guys, um, have you been watching the injury report? One day Cam Reddish is out. One day Delo's out. One day Gabe Vincent is out. Gabe Vincent's going to be out for a long time. Vando misses a big part of the year. Rui Hachimura in and out of the lineup. He's not wrong when he's talking about the injuries. He's not. Here's the problem with leading off or having some of your pressers in any shape, way, or form talking about the injuries. The problem is other teams deal with the same thing as well. Who had more talent yesterday? The Lakers, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves and the rest of their role players, or the Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler? They had Bam Adebayo, they had Tyler Hero, they had Duncan Robinson, Jaime Hawkins Jr. These are nice players. That's not a better lineup than what the Lakers had. How about when the Lakers took on the Dallas Mavericks? This was right after the in-season tournament. They go on the road to Dallas, and we find out that Kyrie Irving's not playing in that game. There was other players not playing as well. There was a number of players that weren't playing for the uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Who should have made more excuses that game, the Lakers or the Mavs? Of course it was the Mavs. Mavs still won that game. The Chicago Bulls, they didn't have Zach Levine. The Bulls beat the Lakers when the Lakers had uh, pretty much all their guys. The New York Knicks and the Lakers had a game where the Lakers were virtually completely healthy. They still lost the game at home. The problem is, if the only games the Lakers were losing is when they were depleted, I get it. The issue this season, they're losing games with players. They're losing games without players. They're losing games with their stars. They're losing games uh, without their role players, with their role players. They're doing a little bit of everything here. This is definitely not... You know, a situation where we're looking at the Lakers and saying, well, they're only losing because Anthony Davis is out of these games. If that was the case, it's justified. But I think in this case, yes, you've had some injuries, but you've also had games where you were healthy and you weren't winning. 
and you're not winning, and you're three and nine in your last twelve games, uh, I'm with uh, I'm with you, Ken, on, on the injury, the excuses front. I'm I'm with you on that part. So I, I want to jump in here real quick to one of the questions and one of the articles that came out today. Sham Sharania, uh, part of the Athletic. Yovan Buha, obviously part of the Athletic as well. Um, Yovan hopped on with. Sedano and uh, DeMarco Fars. You can go back and listen to that. Just go catch on the app. Um, Shams put out an article earlier. There's currently a growing disconnect between Darvin Ham and Lakers locker room stemming from disjointness around rotation and adjustments. I, I really genuinely do not believe that Darvin Ham is going anywhere. This season, I'm just going to assume that the Lakers are going to keep Darvin Ham at the minimum through the rest of this season. That's just my assumption. That's my that's my um, uh, my prediction. Now, can that change if you lose to Memphis and you lost to the, if January becomes the month where the Lakers are supposed to make up a lot of ground? This is the month where hey, just let's wait till we get back to Crypto.com Arena. I mean. Um, I saw a tweet that Mike Trudell sent out after the Lakers lost to the Pelicans, and it was the Lakers had played the most back-to-backs, the most road games, the most overall games in the NBA. Guys, give us a little rest. We're going to go back to Crypto.com. Uh, 10 of 11 games are going to be at Crypto.com Arena. you got two games against the Clippers. One of them's a home game for the Lakers. The other one's a road game, so they don't leave for that one as well. You're basically just leaving for one road game against the Utah Jazz. Well, that was supposed to be your home cooking. And if we get through the month of January and Lakers now are still playing 500 or below 500 basketball or it craters and it gets a a, a hell of a lot worse or however you want to look at it, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I can't see a scenario where a, a coach that just got you to the Western Conference Finals, a coach where you feel like, you feel like, the guys play hard for him. They're always trying. It is usually an effort thing that you don't have to question the effort, even though yesterday we're questioning the effort. Unless he just completely loses the team, I don't think they're going to be moving on from Darvin Ham. It's his second year as the head coach of the Lakers, and like I said, last year they got to the Western Conference Finals. If other people want to make a case that them getting to the Western Conference Finals was a little bit of a fugazi, Okay, you can make that case. You can say, well, if they didn't beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, then they would have been in the eighth spot in that playing tournament, and then they would have got Denver Nuggets in the first round, and they would have got swept by the Denver Nuggets in the first round, and all of this was a facade. But that didn't happen. They did get to the Western Conference Finals. They did go through Memphis. They did go through the Golden State Warriors. Most, I think, people thought out there the Lakers are a top-five team in the Western Conference uh, coming into this year. But as of right now, we could be sitting here right now at 727. Yes, there's still a lot of time left. But by the time tonight is done, if the Warriors end up being the Denver Nuggets, Lakers are actually in the number 11 spot. They're not even in a playing game, which would be uh, very, very odd in itself. you got to stop the bleeding. That's the only thing I think is going to quiet some of this noise. You literally just have to find a way to stop the bleeding. And if the Lakers are, are, are not in a position to do that or another couple weeks goes by and now you're 3-15 and 15 in your last 18 games, maybe we're having a, a different conversation. Okay, when we come back. 
Uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to join the show. Uh, looking forward to talk with him. He's interacting all day long with Laker fans. I want to get his thoughts on uh, the situation right now, the Lake Show. Stay right here. If you guys want to be a part of the show as well, you can also tweet at me, uh, at Alan Sliwa, or call into the show. Um, Trevor Lane coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'd appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Want to welcome in uh, Trevor Lane. Covers the Lakers for Lakers Nation. Also does another show on YouTube called The Front Office Show all around the NBA. Um, if you're around Lakers basketball or you love Lakers content, make sure you follow Trevor Lane at Trevor underscore Lane. Trev, what's going on? Thank you for joining the show, bud. Hey, Alan. Thank you for having me. Um, okay. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, where do I start with Trevor? I, I could ask maybe 10 different questions at the same time and you could just go off for 15 minutes if you'd like. But can, can I just get your thoughts on, just what's your thoughts about last night? What, what, you walk away from the game, you know, you do all, all the content that you do. You, you got a lot of uh, interaction with Laker fans. Dust has settled a little bit. You look back at yesterday's game. What, what, what do you think now, 24 hours later? Uh, I thought it was it was surprising how unorganized the Lakers looked, especially compared to the Miami Heat. You know, the Lakers, Darvin Ham may want to look at it and say, well, we're missing D'Angelo Russell, we're missing Rui Hachimura, that's true. But the Miami Heat were missing Jimmy Butler, and they looked like they were much, much more on the same page than the Lakers. It was concerning during the game. I was watching that and looking at, you know, they, they shot 14% from three, they they were struggling with with their rotations, the chemistry, and that part of that can be players being out. But it looked like there was something more going on to me than just a rough shooting night, than just you're missing a couple of players. And that's obviously, I'm sure we're going to get into it, all of the questions about Darvin Ham and what that's going to mean for his future. But something isn't right with this team right now, and I think it does go beyond just what we saw last night on the floor. There's something else happening here. These guys are just not on the same page right now. And that's something that they've got to fix, and they've got to fix it quickly, whatever that may take. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think, you know, and, and I'm with you. That wasn't just your regular loss. That wasn't a man. I just couldn't find the ball. If, if they just execute a little bit better at the end, they're going to win that game. Miami was their players were just running circles around the Lakers. The coaching staff was running circles around the Lakers. AD had the quotes about being out hustled. AD had the quotes that they just played harder. When, when when you watch the Lakers right now, um, what have you noticed? And what you just said right now, it didn't seem like it was just a basketball thing. 
you think guys are disgruntled with minutes? you think guys are uh, – we saw the article a little bit earlier today with Sham Sharania and Yovan Buha. Is it, is it questioning the rotation? Is it the message from Darvin Ham you don't feel like is connecting with the Lakers? What do you feel like is not clicking? Uh, you know, I think it's really all of the above right now, Alan. And, and the piece that came out today, it, it corroborated with some things that I heard a couple of weeks ago about the vibe in the locker room, about the relationship with Darvin Ham and the players and them not being on the same page. I think uh, a big issue is this team – and one of the big selling points of the summer was that they were coming in with some chemistry. They were going to be able to hit the ground running because this was the group from last season that uh, that was being brought back. And yet we saw these lineups that have been put out there that don't really have any chemistry, these lineups that aren't the groups that we saw playing together last summer. So they're, they're putting together, not only are they bizarre groups with no guards in the starting lineup and things of that nature, but they're also groups that don't have that much, that much experience playing together. So you've taken all the chemistry, all the momentum that you built from last season, and you just kind of punted on that by not really playing those groups together. And it's that on top of, again, the lineups, on top of just the rotation in general, the messaging coming from the coaching staff compared to what the players are saying. Everything seems to be off right now. And I think that's really what it takes to get this team looking this bad. It can't just be one thing. It's a combination of things that's going to get them to this current state. Let, let me let me throw out a scenario for you. Let, let's say tomorrow Lakers play the Memphis Grizzlies, and Memphis, I think only 11 wins on the season. They've lost four of their last five games. Now, granted, you go look at the Memphis Grizzlies. They still got players. John Morant is there. Desmond Bain is there. Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Marcus Smart is a part of that team right now. They could 1,000% walk into crypto tomorrow and beat the Lakers, especially with the way the Lakers are playing. Let's say it's another L tomorrow, and and we're looking at um, a, a, a really tough game against a Clippers team that certainly seems to be clicking right now on all cylinders on Sunday. Let's say it's two more losses. At, at what point do you think... I personally don't think this is a scenario that is going to play out, but do you think if this kind of keeps going in the trajectory as it is, they're 3-9 and nine over the last 12 games, that Darvin Ham's job can be in jeopardy? Yeah, absolutely. I think so, especially with you know the, what we're hearing from the players is that making its way to the front office. If, if the question is being asked to LeBron James, if it's being asked to Anthony Davis, we know that they have sway with decision makers. If they're being asked, What's the current situation here? Is Darvin the guy? If they're saying no, in addition to you're having these troubles on the floor, then certainly his job could be in jeopardy, especially with you know LeBron James. It's a ticking clock here. He's got a player option this summer. He's 39 years old. You've got a team that on paper can get things done. You've got a team that just won the in-season tournament. But if it looks like, for whatever reason, Darvin him has lost the locker room, then that puts that added pressure on you to get something done make some kind of a move, whether it's a move at the trade deadline with some of the personnel on the team, or it's a move with the head coach. Uh, again, I think the LeBron's age, his contract status, that puts a little bit more pressure on the Lakers front office. If they can't pull out of this nosedive and do it quickly, they may be forced to do something, Whether again, whether it's a trade or it's a change at the helm. It's crazy to me, Trev, and I think the piece that's most confusing to me is a month ago, Less than a month ago, 
they're you know obviously in the in season tournament they they go seven and zero in the tournament. And I, I'm not going to sit here and try to make it sound like the the tournament a seven game tournament it dictates what kind of team this Lakers team is. But they were playing good basketball. You know they they were beating the Memphis Grizzlies or I'm sorry the uh, Pelicans by 44. They beat the Pacers. Okay, these are not the opponents. That's not going to be who's in the NBA Finals this year. But how did it go so bad so quickly to 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 be in a position like they were, where a few games over 500 looks like they're clicking? You look at the Western Conference standings. I think them and Denver at one point were neck and neck for that number three spot, and now. It, you're looking at if the Golden State Warriors beat Denver tonight, Lakers, if the playoffs started today, wouldn't even be in the play-in tournament. That, that's the part that is so confusing to me because nothing's, it's not like AD went down with an injury and you're like, okay, well, that makes all the sense in the world. I can't really put the pieces together how it could change so quick in four weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's perhaps the most frustrating part of all of this is now the Lakers below 500. And Anthony Davis and LeBron James have both been pretty it's dangerous for the course of the season. That that's that's a big problem. You know, they've been they've had other guys get hurt, but AD and LeBron have been healthy all the way, pretty much all the way through here. And uh, and you're still sitting below 500. That's certainly concerning. But you know, we knew that there was going to be a drop off in the level of play following the in season tournament. The Lakers were holding down that turbo button for the tournament. They were playing playoff caliber basketball. They weren't the only team that was doing it. But you knew as soon as they won. When they got back to regular season play, there was going to be a, a big drop-off. The hope was that it wouldn't be too big of a regression in terms of their energy. They couldn't sustain that pace all season long. You, didn't, you don't even want them to because they'd be out of gas by the playoff time probably long before that. But nonetheless, they really fell back. They dropped off a little bit too far, I think, took their foot a little too far off the gas pedal. They stacked up a couple of losses. You lost to teams like the Knicks. You lost to the Mavs. Close games that maybe you say you, you, you should have found a way to win. And then you started to tinker with stuff, and the changes that were made didn't do anything to help. In fact, I think they made it worse when you take a D'Angelo Russell who slumped for a couple of weeks but was great for the month of November. You pull him from the starting lineup. You don't replace him with Austin Reeves until just his last game, and Reeves had been thriving. Instead, you go with this strange lineup with all your wings out there, particularly wings who can't shoot with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. When has that ever worked as a, as a lineup choice? It was strange, and that, I think, threw everybody off, all of the players. The players have been clamoring for consistency. They want to know where their minutes are coming from, where their shots are coming from, and you could just see the confusion from the Lakers out there on the court over the last couple of weeks, and it has just been in a downward spiral since then. They're getting to the point where it's tough to pull out of that, so they've got their work cut out for them to, to try to fix this, but it's been a number of things that have led to this, we're not, right now, again, not even a month ago, they win the in-season tournament, everybody's feeling great, and now here we are talking about, are they even going to make the playoffs, and is Darvin Ham going to get let go mid-season? It's crazy. Trevor Lane, who uh, covers the Lakers for Lakers Nation, does a fantastic job. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, if if you know Lakers basketball, then there's a good chance you're already following Trev, uh, taking some time to join me on Lakers Talk. Trev, I, I want to go off something you just said about the some of the lineups. So yesterday... Um, Dave McMenamin, uh, obviously with ESPN, joins the pregame show, and, and we're talking a little bit about the lineups. And I asked, well, okay, well, what you, you have every player available. What is the starting lineup that you want to see? And he just quickly went back to the starting lineup that they had last year 
with D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. 18 and 6, I want to say, was the record. And then you, you, you go on and obviously win the play-in game. You beat the Memphis Grizzlies. You beat the Golden State Warriors. And eventually you lose to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, are we overcomplicating things here? If that lineup is available, should that be their starting lineup? We may be overcomplicating things. I think there is something to that, just going back to that lineup and just and just rolling with it. And again, talking about you know what we, we talked about a few minutes ago, if you're going to build off the chemistry from last season, shouldn't that be your lineup? The only complicating factor here is that Jared Vanderbilt has admitted that he is not at 100% right now. He's not back hmm. fully. And so then it's do you want to substitute him out? Is that where it's a Cam Reddish or do you go – a little bit further, you pull one of the guards and you try to put in uh, a defensive player that can shoot a little bit. Like, is it a Max Christie or somebody like that that gets into the mix? But probably the safest choice, Alan, would be to indeed go back to that lineup. D'Lo, Reeves, let Jared Vanderbilt handle the best perimeter score on the on the opposing team, uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, and off you go. That's probably your most certain path to success right now. There's some other lineups that right now, in terms of their advanced metrics, show that they'd probably be a little bit better. But if you want something that's certain, something that you can really build off of, and something that there's familiarity with, yeah, that's that, that's worked in the past. Why not roll with it again? Braun uh, doesn't talk post-game show yesterday. And uh, listen, by not saying anything, you're saying something. W- what did you make of LeBron deciding not to uh, address the media? Yeah, but not saying something, he's still saying something. Just like, just like you said there, Alan. He's uh, LeBron's very calculated. He knows exactly what the response is going to be when when he does something like that. And uh, and you can see it when he's out there on the floor. He looks frustrated right now with the way this team's playing, and he certainly should be. So uh, this is look. If LeBron is not happy, if LeBron is pushing for change, we know his voice tends to carry a lot of weight, and so. If LeBron is, is sending the message that, hey, we need to do something here, um, particularly I'm going to be keeping an eye on that his next couple of opportunities for an interview, especially if they drop another game. Sure. If LeBron starts to make some noise about, hey, we need to make some changes, I wouldn't be surprised if those changes do come. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It is. And, and I, I think they're, you know, part of it also you got to keep into consideration from a Laker perspective is, he is in his, his in his twenty first season, uh, but he's still playing great basketball. You're right; he does have a player option come at the end of this year. Um, and, and how desperate would the Lakers get? How much would they, uh, you know, decide to go all in in a year where they're clearly not playing that great of basketball? At least thirty five games in. Jeff, final one I got for you, and uh, as always, I appreciate you taking the time. Got the Grizzlies tomorrow. Um, Without paying too much attention to the opponent, what do you want to see from the Lakers tomorrow so our conversation is a lot different in the next 24, 25 hours? I think it's a single word. You want to see desperation, Alan. Desperation is what this team needs to play with because they should be desperate to win a game right now. That's not what we've seen out of this team recently, despite the slide that they've been on. They haven't been able to put things together. They played at another level during the play-in tournament. They played with that desperation to win, and that's what we need to see out of them. Frankly, if they're going to if they're going to keep this group together as is, if they're going to dissuade the front office from making some kind of a move, they've got to start winning games, and so they have to play desperate against the Grizzlies. 
Trev, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you uh, for taking the time, and uh, we'll chat with you soon, okay? Sounds good, Alan. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Okay, and we come back. Lakers have 15 total games in the month of January, and they already started off, obviously, 0-1. I just want to look at their specific schedule. I want to look at the standings a little bit right now and uh, see if the Lakers can start making up some ground. Of course, it does start tomorrow against the Memphis Grizzlies. So we'll do all that coming up next. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Uh, Thank you to uh, Trevor Lane for joining uh, the show. Uh, Trevor, uh, a consistent guest on the show. Always uh, enjoy talking Lakers basketball with him. Does a great job for Lakers Nation. Um, Lakers got a game coming up tomorrow. They got the Memphis Grizzlies tip-offs at 7 o'clock. Pre-game show will start at 5.30. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll have all our Laker coverage coming up tomorrow. Uh, interesting next few days for the Lakers. The month of January, so just to give everybody an idea, walking into the month of January, um, I think a lot of people were we, we convinced ourselves that, yeah, yeah, no, January, Lakers are going to get right back on track. And they went through a tough stretch and uh, – at Minnesota, at New Orleans, the back-to-back games. Braun almost hit that three against Minnesota. They called it a two. Um, they, they had an impressive win against the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road. But before that, they had lost five of six. Just, just get to January. This is what the Lakers have coming up in January, and this just kind of gives you an idea of – how they could potentially get back on track. Or it could get derailed, and everything I'm talking about means nothing. Um, they got Memphis coming up tomorrow. And I already spent a little bit of time talking about Memphis, but you go look at the standings. Don't pay too close attention to the standings because John Morant missed so much time. They're 11-23, and 5-5 five and five in their last 10. I think that's a better gauge or a better barometer. After that, you got the Clippers. Clippers are 21 and 12 on the season. They've won eight of their last 10 games. Clippers are balling out. Remember when James Harden got to LA, uh, traded from the Philadelphia 76ers? They went through a stretch where they lost six games in a row. They looked like they were going absolutely nowhere. Now, you're looking at the schedule, and it's not that they don't have hiccups. They've had hiccups. They lost to Oklahoma City. They lost to Boston. Gave up a ton of points in those two games. But now they're back on track. The team that the Lakers beat yesterday, or lost to yesterday, the Miami Heat, they beat Miami 121-104. to They beat Phoenix uh, yesterday and put up 131 points on them. So they're playing much better basketball. Uh, certainly for where the Lakers are and where they are. I think Lakers have lost. Lakers are 2-8 and eight in their last 10, and the Clippers are 8-2 and two in their last 10. The point that I'm trying to make here is it doesn't matter if you got a team like Memphis or a team like Clippers, kind of two teams completely different in the standings. 
every time a team goes up against the Lakers, it is different. Every time a team comes to Crypto.com Arena, it is a little bit different. It's not the same when they're playing Portland or Utah or Sacramento. It is different. There's LeBron and Anthony Davis on the other side. Everybody has a target on on uh, on your back. And on top of that, if they smell, if they taste blood in the water, of course they're going to come after the Lakers and see if they could take advantage of that. Of the 15 games that the Lakers have in the month of January, and I know one is already uh, in the books, the game that they lost to the Miami Heat, you got just a handful of games that are on the road. I want to count them here. Looks like they got three, four, five of those games of the 15 are on the road. That's it. Everything else is at crypto. One of those games is a, is a Clipper home game. So even that gives you a, a significant advantage there in the fact that you don't have to travel or any of that stuff. Problem is the Lakers right now, they have to go eight and six in the month of January, the remainder of the month, just to be at 500. Does anybody think they're going nine and five the rest of the way, just to be two games over five hundred? That that's the issue with the Lakers. If they they've dug themselves a hole, and Michael and I were talking a little bit a little bit about this yesterday. Michael was saying that where the Lakers end up is not actually going to be that big of a deal. They just got to get in the playoffs, and if they just get to the playoffs, they're going to be dangerous. I get his theory there. I get the idea and the concept is, hey, they did it last year. I get the idea and the concept of you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. If the playoffs started today and Lakers were in this 10th seed that they're sitting in right now. Um, i, I got to be honest with you. They're not making the playoffs. If the Lakers right now had to go on the road and play the Phoenix Suns, uh, Phoenix is sitting at the number 9 spot. If they had to beat Phoenix on the road and then beat Dallas or Houston, uh, whoever loses that game on the road as well, just to get in the playoffs, <laughs> it's not happening. That's just the way the Lakers are playing right now. They're 6-13 and 13 on the road total. So why am I going to give the Lakers the benefit of the doubt? I don't want them to be a part of this playing tournament again. And is there time? Yes, there is. But the amount of games that the Lakers now trail the Pelicans in at the number 6 spot is four games. They're moving in the wrong direction, and in the month of January, if that is not something that changes itself, if that is not something that that starts in this month where they start working their way back, it's going to be really tough to uh, be confident about where the Lakers are and where the Lakers are going. Okay, Lakers got the Grizzlies tomorrow. Um, a couple quick shout-outs here. Uh, thank you to uh, Michael Funches, as always. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Appreciate everything that he's doing in the background as well. Um, I'll be back on tomorrow with T-Raj, Travis Rogers, and I. Lakers Talk Daily on YouTube. I'll do that in the morning as well. Uh, As always, LA, greatly appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your night.